In the Word on the Go is brought to you by New Growth Press, the publisher helping every person grow closer to Christ. Before we get started today, I want to take a moment to introduce you to a brand new book called Radically Different. This 13-week study aims to help middle schoolers and young teens view life and especially relationships from a Christian worldview. Each week explores new relationships through the lenses of creation, fall, and redemption. Find your next read to encourage you in your faith and learn more about new releases at newgrowthpress.com. This is In the Word, On the Go, the podcast where we look at one verse from God's Word for 10 minutes of your day. Welcome to In the Word, On the Go. I'm your host, Champ Thornton. Whether you're listening by yourself or with a family, this podcast is here for you to spend 10 more minutes in God's Word while you go about your day. In each episode, I get to interview one person about a favorite verse from the Bible. And today I'm glad to welcome Dr. Roger Erdvig. Roger is the headmaster at Wilmington Christian School in Northern Delaware. With a doctorate in education from Liberty University, Roger also serves as an adjunct professor in the Church Leadership and Theology Department at the University of Valley Forge. He's a speaker and consults on the topics of leadership, worldview development, and effective pedagogy. That's how to teach. Roger is also the co-author of Bring It to Life, Christian Education, and the Transformative Power of Service Learning. Roger has been married to Lori for 28 years, and they have five children. Roger, I am thrilled to have you on the podcast. Great to be with you today, Jim. So, Roger, what passage do you have for us today? Yeah, it is 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 8. And here's how it reads in the English Standard Version. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. Wow, that's a great verse. I feel like it's one you hear periodically, but not all the time. So, Roger, why don't you just put this verse in your own words? What's this verse saying? Yeah, basically this is saying, and as, as we look at the larger context, you get this feeling that when God calls you to give, when God calls you to live a generous life, the promise and the affirmation from him is that you don't have to worry about a thing. And it's an invitation into a life that lives open-handed because in being open-handed, then you're also able to receive blessing after blessing from him. So, Roger, I want to hear the story here about how this became one of your favorite verses. Before I do that, I'm going to read it again so it sticks in our minds. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. I'm reading from the Christian Standard Bible. It says, And God is able to make every grace overflow to you, so that in every way, always having everything you need, you may excel in every good work. So, Roger, what's the story? How did this verse come to be so meaningful to you? Yeah, yeah, I'm, gl- I'm glad you asked that because this is one of my favorite stories. When I was just a young adult, I was working at a camp just on a, a part-time basis. And at the last night of camp, they took an offering. And I looked in my pocket, all I had was 10 bucks. And I'm like, God, you know I still need to get home. I can't do this. But God just was all over me and bang, I gave the $10. Not quite sure how I was going to get home. In fact, I-, I lived in Long Island at the time. And to get across the Throgs Neck Bridge, I had to look for change on the carpet in my car. So, I mean, <laughs> it was my last 10 bucks, really, you know, poor college student. And uh, so I get home that Sunday morning. I'm in my regular church service at my home church. And there was a couple who worked at a local, they actually ran a local rescue mission. After service, I'm sitting, I'm, I'm probably worshiping or some kind of response to the Lord. I get a tap on the shoulder 
And this guy gives me a hundred dollars. Wow. I was shocked. And he said, all he said was, Roger, God told me to give this to you. In fact, as I'm telling you this story, I'm getting, you know, goosebumps and chills right now. <laughs> because I was just I was floored at the the faithfulness of God to to return tenfold over what I'd given to him. Now later I found this passage, and this just is one verse in the midst of two whole chapters that Paul devotes to the grace of giving. But really, that was the context of seeing God's amazing grace flowing over to me as I lived in that small way with with open hands. I love that. I'm just smiling, listening to what the Lord did in that situation in your life. That is awesome. So tell me, Roger, what's the difference between what you just described and there are parts of Christianity, so-called, that will say things like, if you give money to God, he'll give money back to you. I think there's a difference between what you said and what they would say. Help us understand the difference. Yeah, yeah, there's a huge difference. And uh, the PS to that story is there's many other times when God has prompted me to give and there's no dramatic immediate financial return. Hmm. And that's really what I think that this this portion of scripture, these whole two verse uh, uh, chapters, chapter eight and chapter nine, are talking about just this lifestyle of even out of our poverty, even in the times when we don't feel like we have anything left to give, just being a generous people. Hmm. And, you know, God had to make a dramatic point to me in my early formative years as a young adult. But like I said, since then, it's become where it's much more of a lifestyle where I even find joy in not receiving in return for giving. And that's kind of a weird dynamic there. Because what I found is, as this verse says, it's all grace to you, having sufficiency in all things at all times. So it's not just a financial return, although you know what? God has taken care of me. I've been married, like you said, 28 years. We've never been begging bread. God has walked with us faithfully through hard times, through good times, et cetera, et cetera. But the beauty of this is that it's a bigger picture. And if this was written in the Old Testament, I think Paul might have used the word shalom, (laughs) where as we live with open hands in the kingdom of God, we get this overall sense and experience of everything's the way it's supposed to be, as opposed to when we live tight-fisted and concerned for every dollar that, you know, oh, we can't give, we can't donate our time, we can't donate our talents, we can't donate our treasure— that tight-fisted way of living is actually the opposite of that free-flowing shalom that we read about in the Old Testament. And so it's so much bigger than give to get. That's great. That's really helpful. Thank you for that distinction. So Roger, you are at a Christian school. If you were in a fifth grade class and your job was to talk those fifth graders through this verse, take a minute. What would you say? Yeah. First, uh, I would ask them, what does the word all mean? We use it all the time. But do we ever stop to define what the word all means? So we'd talk about the idea that when you say the word all, it's encompassing everything. It it means not just some, it's all. And when you look at this verse, friends, if I was talking to my uh, fifth grade friends, <laughs> I would point out to them that there is no escape clause in this verse. And what that means is there's no exception. There's no part of our lives that God does not have in his mind to bless us as we live with this open-hearted, open-handed kind of lifestyle. It covers everything that God said he will do, he will do in every area of our lives. And the key to that is living with this open-handed, generous spirit. So when someone needs something, I'm the first to raise my hand 
and give it. And that can mean even something simple, like in a classroom, when a teacher is looking for an answer, be the first one to open-handedly give the answer. When a friend is hurting, be the first one to open-handedly care for their needs and, and see how they're doing. Someone forgot their lunch on a real practical level, be the first person to share with. When we live our lives like that, kids, we'll find that God pours in blessing after blessing. And that blessing comes in that deep sense in our hearts that everything is the way it's supposed to be. So God is calling us to kind of an all-of-life generosity here, not just pocket change or dollar bills. And in the same way, He has promised to always provide all that we need. So it's an all-kind of giving and an all-kind of receiving by His grace. Exactly. And I'll just point to verse 11, farther down in the chapter. Paul says, you'll be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, Mm. which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. So it is not just about financial, though finances or that dollar bill here and there are often the, the practical mechanism of giving. But Paul is talking about that big picture of every kind of generosity. I love it. So, Roger, if this verse were a window and we're going to look through it and see what God is like, what can we see about him through this verse? We can find that God loves being on the giving end of generosity. I think sometimes we can get the idea that God's stingily sitting back, waiting to see if we're going to do what he wants and, uh, mm-hmm. and meeting out punishment if we don't. Well, for the child of God, the person who's been consumed by the gospel and has made a commitment to follow Christ, that couldn't be anything farther from the truth. If he gave something as great as his own son, will he not with him also freely give us all things? That's what Paul says in Romans. We have a very generous God. This has been a great reminder. So Roger, thank you for taking the time to be on the podcast today. Would you close our time together by praying this verse for our listeners today? Yeah, Lord, we just ask you to not make us to give, but Lord, make us to be givers that you would change our hearts so that our posture of our heart and our hands would constantly be to give and to bless others. And in that, we know comes that deep sense of everything being right in our walk with you and in our relationship with others. So God, help us to be the kind of givers that you set the bar for here in 2 Corinthians. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to In the Word, On the Go. This episode is brought to you by New Growth Press, which aims to bring gospel-centered resources to every church and home. For more information about this podcast or to listen to past episodes, visit wordonthego.net.